welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is getting on an airplane, and he'll be back tomorrow. So I have my guardian angel with me. This is Thursday. This is a day dedicated to the Holy Eucharist. Think about that. Every single day the church gives us an opportunity to de- dedicate some aspect. Friday, obviously, will be the Passion. Saturday, Our Lady. Mon- Sunday, the Resurrection. We go through each day of the week. I just want to say today we're going to be talking about, uh, basically, I called it Thou Shall Not uh, Steal, because we're living in a culture right now where our retail stores are closing in the major cities because of people stealing goods. I mean, even In-N-Out Burger in Oakland, the first store they've ever closed in their 80-year history because they couldn't make it because there was too many thieves stealing from them. Crime. So it's a, it's a solution that the Catholic Church has is implement the Ten Commandments and your culture will be a lot better off. And I'm going to get into other issues there and much, much more. Also, we're going to talk about what's the difference between blessing an individual and a couple? Why is that a big deal? All right, we'll talk about that. Also, I want to just say good to know file. This is so sad that we have a culture again. President Biden's wife, Jill Biden, she's inviting a woman who is proud about aborting her her daughter next month to the State of the Union. That's our model. And let me give you an example how, how the contrast with that versus our people up in Alaska. They just marched for life through one of the coldest winters they've had in Alaska. I think it was like 15 below zero freezing temperatures in Anchorage. And they got, you know, uh, and to me, getting 150 pro-life people to witness to the sanctity of life in January. I mean, I'm looking out there, I'm going, wow, those people are motivated. And again, they made reparation for the sacrilege of abortion by just showing up, which is very impressive. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about a Catholic bishop in the Holy Land reveals that the war there in the Holy Land is devastating the Christians. Get into that and much, much more. But before we get to that, as Jess and I always say, let's get some soul food in our souls. Today's reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. Jesus went to the district of Tyre. He entered a house and wanted no one to know about it. But he could not escape his notice. Soon a woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. Unclean spirit, she was possessed. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, Serophoenician by birth, and she begged him to drive the demons out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the food of children and throw it to the dogs. She replied and said to him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. Then he said to her, For saying this, you may go. The demons has gone out of your daughter. When the woman went home, she found the child lying in bed, and the demon gone. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a great gospel where trust is given. You know, we have devotion to St. Faustina. Jesus, I trust in thee. Well, this woman said, Jesus said, go home. So she went home, confident that our Lord would heal her daughter. You see the, the trust that we have, but we need to have. The gospel gives us examples of just simple trust. And I think this is the problem in our culture today. Many of us, especially as Catholics, we have to give our trust to Jesus and say, Jesus, I trust you today. Jesus, I give my heart to you constantly because the world, the devil, and the flesh is saying, hey, you're worshiping the wrong God. It's me, myself, and I. It's not Jesus Christ. Well, the world's wrong. It is Jesus Christ. So that's what I wanted to share. And also the, the, the saint day is Saint Josephine and uh, Bahita as a virgin. Uh, again, great models for us to mimic the saints, especially in times where the bar has been dropped down and just saying, oh, just be a nice person, which doesn't cut it when it comes to getting to heaven. So, all right. So here's what I wanted to do. Let's bring in the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And he has a friend there who's got a comment that I'd like to uh, read. I thought Bishop Sheen would, um, would, would like this. He says, God likes to reflect himself in all that is little and lowly. Therefore, glorify God in all things, also in the little deeds and sacrifices. You know, that sounds like the little flower, doesn't it? Let's, let's apply that for us today. What can we do today? Like, for example, when I'm done, I'm going to be going doing some babysitting with my grandchildren. And everything I do with them, I do for love of God. So, changing a diaper? Yeah, that can be a sanctifying day, a moment. I'm just saying, because we do it all for God. So all these actions that we each of us have to do, whether you're a student, do your homework well, do it for God. And then every action becomes like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. And this is why it's so important for us Catholics to live in the presence of God. And when we live in the presence of God, nothing can rattle us. I mean, we have... You know, wars going on in the Middle East and, uh, and with Russia and Ukraine and other hot spots of the, of the world. And yes, we pray for them and sad what's going on. But we shouldn't take our peace away from us because our peace is living in the presence of God. And you think about it, we have Catholic teachings about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. We also have his presence in the Word of God. Yeah, reading the Bible. What, you know, Lent is coming up next week. What a great idea to say, I'm going to read uh, a gospel, one of the gospels, each week for Lent. There's four gospels, four weeks in Lent. Four, six weeks actually, but um, read one of them each week and read your Bible every day during Lent as a way of getting to know the person of Jesus Christ. Yesterday I did a show with Father Charles Murrow that will play on Monday on the life of Christ. 
And I thought, you know, encourage people to pick up Bishop Sheen's book, Life of Christ. I think we have it read on the cassette tape back 30 years ago, and it's downloadable. You just go to catholicrc.org and start listening to the life of Christ. He's the, he's the one that will inspire us to be heroic in these times that we're living in. Now, when we come back from the break, I have an interview with a young man. I see he's young to me. But he uh, started a men's group. And boy, do we need men's group. It's the John Paul II men's group. And I want you to hear what he has to say on how you can participate in this great work. Because men, uh, to me, are the, are the critical point of getting the Catholic faith back on its feet. Because when men buy into our Catholic faith and they know the person of Jesus Christ, that changes their whole family dynamics from mom to the children. And this is one of the reasons I think it's so important that we have that aspect of our faith, and that is dad takes spiritual uh, leadership in the family, the praying of the daily rosary with the family. Here's another example dad can do at the end of the day after you pray the rosary. Okay, Kids, Mom, we're all going to do an examination of conscience every day to say, how did I do today? Did I do well? The kids are asking, did I obey Mommy and Daddy? <clears throat> did, did we live in the presence of God? Did we obey His commandments today? So we do this examination, and then I think dads can go to the little kids, and this is what I did with my kids. Tell me what you want to thank Jesus for today. Start doing that. Because you give your kids an attitude of gratitude. I have a now four-year-old grandson, and I'll never forget, he, he asked me in the car a couple months ago when he was three, Grandpa, how do souls go to heaven? Just tell me how it works. The point I'm making is give our young people a vision of heaven so they will yearn, yearn for it. This is what I mean by doing the attitude of gratitude Thanking God for the blessings of the day. We got a roof over our head. Here in California, it's been raining. Thank God we got a roof. We've got a heater. We've got the things that keep us with food. Can't take it all for granted. In the world we live in, many people don't have that. We're very blessed. So we should be counting our blessings. I'd also like to say this, pray this prayer for Holy Mother, the Church, if I got a minute here. Lord Jesus Christ, back then during the storm of Lake Generous, you pretended to be asleep to test your disciples and strengthen the faith of us today. Today, the bark of your church is in a violent storm, such as it has scarcely ever withstood. Let's pray for Holy Mother of the Church. I'll read that prayer. But when we come back, I have a special guest to talk about the John Paul II men's movement and much more. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse. I have my good friend Daniel Putman. I met him at Apostolic Work all over the country, and he told me about an organization that he's starting in conjunction with LifeSite News that deals with men. So, Daniel, welcome to our show, my friend. 
Thank you, Terry. It's good to be with you. Yeah, I want to hear all about this and uh, uh, the name of it and the focus. So tell us what your plans are and how it all how it all came together. Okay, so we're called the Knights of JP2, mm-hmm. the Knights of St. John Paul II. We were founded on May 1st, 2020 mm-hmm. at the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> Great. Um, and... It's very simple. We're trying to get men to take back their towns, mm-hmm. reclaim their towns for our king and queen. We're awesome. knights. Awesome. So our, for Jesus and Mary, mm-hmm. and we go out once a week. That's our bread and butter. We go out once a week and we meet wherever, usually a church parking lot. <laughs> and we start with an opening prayer, which is, I think, unique. I haven't seen it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, it's called the prayer before the rosary to summon the army. Okay. And, and so that prayer within it, you're entrusting the town, your town, and you name your town. Okay. You claim it for Jesus and Mary. You entrust it to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. Uh-huh. And then we call on St. Michael with all nine choirs of angels to join us. Wonderful. This is the difference with this. Prayers, we're not calling for all the saints, all the angels, all the souls in purgatory to pray and intercede for us. Mm-hmm. We're calling them to join us. Yes. Physically. Awesome. And and after we do that prayer, we then take out our rosary beads and we do a lot of intercessory prayers. Awesome. For the town, for the officials, the police, for the country. What You know, it's unlimited how many intercessory prayers you can do. Right. And then we split up into pairs of two, like our Lord sent the 72 out. Right. And and we go walking through the town praying the rosary. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, what's a website that people can get more information on that? Okay. The website is called Knights of St. John Paul II. And the second is done with two eyes, uppercase or lowercase. Dot org. Got it. Daniel, who is the spiritual director for the organization? Bishop Strickland. Ah, I knew that. I set you up. I, I'm so proud that he is doing that with you. That's great. And, you know, again, let's say men are already Knights of Columbus. They can also join your Knights, St. John Paul II, the second Knights. Um, and you know, here's my question. Uh, you go out and you pray the rosary in the towns. What kind of responses have you gotten from just the secular uh, town that you go into? Do they do they scold you or do they put thumbs up? What kind of responses do you get? Um, for the most part, not too much. I mean, when the pandemic was going on, the church we were at, they were doing, you know, they had the, the jabs going on there. And so there was eight, 10 police officers every Saturday morning oh, and they got fr- quite friendly with us. Yeah. You know, firemen we bump into anybody you bump into and you tell them you're praying for the town. Yeah. They're like, that's great. Oh yeah. We need wouldn't they? You're not kidding. <laughs> we need it. Yeah. Um, we haven't had any animosity. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that might be coming in the near Tell, tell, tell me about the age requirement. Is there an age requirement to join? The there community? isn't. There is no like, age requirement. Kids can do it. Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bring your boys out. Yeah. Um, it's nice if you can get your priest to come out with you. Sure. 
Um, we've had several priests come out with us, but you know, now it's growing all over the country and into yeah. other countries. Excellent. So I don't know, you know, how it's doing out in other areas yet. Cause I don't, I, it, this wasn't set up to have like a top down. Yeah. I get command it. Structure. It's, it's, it's great. It's the ground people, the people on the ground are doing it. And yeah. sometimes you don't even know they're doing it because they, they're just quietly doing the work. Is that, is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. Our bishop, who is Sister Didi's brother. Oh, yeah, I know him. Sure. Okay, Bishop Byrne. He's a yeah. great bishop out here in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yes. And he, when we finally met with him after a year of doing what we do, uh, he said flat out, he said, this is God's work. Yeah, I which I thought that. was a. Oh yeah, I remember that was a strange statement for a bishop to say with a bunch of knuckleheads that are. Yeah. <laughs> half of us from Vermont, we're not even in his diocese. Mm -hmm. Um, but he said, "I want you guys to get canonical approval." So we're about a year and a half away from that. Awesome, awesome. And again, uh, Daniel, how can people go on the website? Is there a form that they can uh, sign up there? How, what what is what information will they find on the website? They'll find how to how to start a group, Good. how to how to do it, which is very simple. Mm -hmm. And they'll also see a section because we're trying to keep track of countries and towns. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we call them towns out here, but I know there's cities in some areas. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm in Vermont, so yeah, I know. Um. In, in that way, we can keep track of. Um, not so much the number of people. I'm not, I don't want to keep track of people, but, but, but what towns, what states, your yeah. country. Um, and it's not on the site yet, but when I was in Rome for the Rome Life Forum, sure. uh, John Henry and I, he wanted to do like a three, four minute out on the street. Sure. Entrusting Rome and showing people just how simple it is. Good. That That's the beauty of it. it it's. We, we don't have meetings. We don't have, yeah. we're just boots on the ground. Yeah, no, I like, agree. I agree. I just have to say, you've made a, a strong pitch for our listeners to join this organization because really the ultimate uh, thing in life is saving souls. And it seems to me that um, I, I think of the quote from St. Francis of Assisi about evangelizing people, use words when necessary, but they walk through a town and they, that was their sermon. So it seems to me that you praying the rosary uh, speaks volumes. I can tell you from experience, I see guys out here on the West Coast over the years, some of my friends, when they go for their walks, they're always praying their rosary. They, this is kind of common in the Catholic areas here out West. And uh, yeah. it always reassures me to think, man, they're praying. That's great. That's awesome. What a great way to do it. And it's a good example. It seems to me that uh, I would think people watching you guys going, hey, I can do that. That's not like I have to go and give a public presentation, but I can pray the rosary. So I would encourage yeah. people to do that. One more time on that website, Daniel, please. Okay. org. Great. Well, I'm going to tell you, I thank you for communicating all this with us, and I want to thank you for taking the time to start something like this because prayer is always the answer. And in a world that's all confused, we've got scandal in the church. We've got scandal everywhere. Uh, pulling out that rosary, Our Lady of Fatima pointed out that for world peace, what a great way 
to contribute to the peace in this world. So, Daniel, thanks for putting on something like this because I think it's going to grow like a weed. So appreciate you taking the time to share it with our listeners on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank God, you. God bless you. Terry, you God bless you. Gotcha. I hope you folks enjoyed that interview. I sure did. It's just grassroots. You know, young men, uh, you know, just take their rosary out and pray the rosary in public. What a novel idea. I, I know that we've been doing that at the abortion clinics for years, and it touches people. They, they see that there's people willing to make a stand. And um, I know in our neck of the woods, we have people walking around the block uh, old men, old women praying their rosary, and it's always reassuring to see that, and I don't think anybody wouldn't like that. So there you have it. Now, I wanted to finish this prayer to the church, and then we come back from the break. I want to get into uh, the thing, question about blessing individuals or blessing couples and um, the Holy Father coming out and condemning those who are criticizing these LGBT blessings. So I want to give them an opportunity to to tell us why he's concerned about us. But let's pray that prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ, back then during the storm of the Lake Genezareth, you pretended to be asleep to test your disciples, the, st- the strength and faith of trust. Today, too, the bark of your church is in a violent storm. Boy, it is it. Such as it has never, scarcely ever withstood. The enemy has penetrated into the church and wants to breach the bark from within so that it may sink. O Lord, do not sleep. Do not test our fidelity to faith any longer. And look upon your frightened hearts. Stretch out your hand and command the enemy to leave the bark whose hole he tries to tear open. Accept our pleas and our expiatory commitment and give you the angels the strength of a decisive help. Amen. So we're making reparation for Holy Mother, the church. We're going to come back after the quick break, and then we're going to talk about our Holy Father is concerned about those who have been denouncing the LGBT blessing. So let's give him an opportunity to tell us why he's concerned and then Let's make the distinctions here that has always been made by Holy Mother, the Church. Also, I also want to talk a little bit about something that our culture is just going nuts over, not only in California, but worldwide. The retailers are fleeing the cities. Why? Because so many people are stealing product. They can't make a profit. And... Like I said earlier, even some of the retailers that are doing great business, In-N-Out Burger in California in the West, they never close a a, uh, restaurant. Well, they had to close one in Oakland because of crime. And this is indicative of when you don't take the commandments of God, thou shalt not steal. Seriously. And so we're going to give the numbers. You're going to be shocked on what numbers there are of the retailers losing hundreds of millions of dollars a year because people are stealing from the stores. And we all know that. We've seen them putting everything from soap in the, behind a, a locked uh, cabinet where, I mean, I just wanted to buy some soap and they're having to hide it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an indictment on our culture 
that has lost its moral compass. We're going to talk about that and much more. We're also going to cover what one of the bishops, Palestinian bishop, stating that the holy the Holy Land reveals that the war's devastating impact on Christians and how this is really devastating the holy the Christians in the Holy Land. And it's not like we needed another one of those wars, but that's what's going on there. And much, much more. And then I want to also cover again uh, what we have to say about the LGBT blessings and why uh, it's a difference between blessing couples or blessing individuals. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show, folks. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow. I got my guardian angel with me. Come back. We'll have more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Stick family. Welcome back. This segment is brought to you by Tan Books. Go to vmpr.org and click on the Tan Book logo to shop for all your Catholic book needs. And we'd love to have you do that. vmpr.org, they give us a little kickback to Virgin Most Powerful when you buy a book from that. So I thank you. All right, well, here's what I want to... The Pope came out and denounced, he used strong language, hypocrisy to those who criticize LGBT blessings. So he said that he sees hypocrisy and criticism of his decision to allow priests to bless same-sex couples, possibly his most strongly worded defense of the move. The LGBT blessings were authorized, remember, last month by the Vatican, called Fiducio Supplicant, but that has met with significant resistance in the Catholic Church, particularly from the <coughs> African bishops. Now, nobody gets scandalized if I give my blessings, the Holy Father said, to a businessman who perhaps exploits people, and this is a very grave sin. But they get scandalized if I give them to homosexuals, Francis told the Italian Catholic magazine. He said, this is hypocrisy. And this was released on Wednesday. Let me just make a distinction to the Holy Father. Please, Holy Father, understand that the church has always blessed individuals. And we don't know uh, when you got a businessman what his practices are by coming up, he comes up and gets a blessing. But generally speaking, when you've got a couple, an active homosexual couple, I think it's fair to say to presume that they're actively utilizing their sexual faculties. Uh, and I can base that on most same-sex couples have an average of 200 partners in their lifetime. So to compare that to a single blessing to a businessman is you know it's a it's like it's it's apples to oranges i think the um it's a straw man and i think that we have to be honest holy father that the church has always blessed individuals but when you have a couple living a homosexual lifestyle uh the church has never blessed them okay because we want to get them to live a life that's not offensive to god objectively now uh, Francis has defended 
the document fiducio supplicants on several occasions, but acknowledges the pushback against it, saying, for example, that blessings do not amount to formal church approval for same-sex unions. It says, when a couple comes forward spontaneously to ask for them, one does not bless the union, but simply the people who together have requested it, not the union, but the persons. He said, the Catholic Church teaches that homosexual sex is sinful and disordered and that people with same-sex attractions, which are not considered sinful, should try to be chaste. In another interview published last week, Francis said he hoped the critics of the LGBT blessing would eventually understand them, but the Africans were a special case in their opposition to homosexuality. Bishops in Africa have effectively rejected fiducio supplicant. In some African countries, homosexuality is severely punished with prison sentences or even the death penalty. Now, I bring this article up to you because it appears to me that the Holy Father is talking about blessing couples that are living lifestyles that are contrary to the gospel versus we're blessing an individual businessman whom we don't know his circumstances. He just comes up for a blessing and we're saying that's hypocrisy, I must be missing something. So I pray that the Holy Father will really confirm all of us in our faith, especially those who have same-sex attraction, and call them to repent and work some spiritual works of mercy to admonish the sinner and to instruct them in the faith. Because I don't see the instruction being put in in front of me when we're talking about active homosexuality. And it seems to me that if you love somebody, you'll will the good of them, as St. Thomas says. And when you don't tell someone who's living a objective moral sin style, then I don't think you love them. Because either that or you're afraid to make them feel, you feel, un, you know, not wanted because you had to tell them the bad news. And it's actually good news. But some of us are afraid to just call it for what it is and lovingly ask people to repent and believe in the gospel. Kind of like what we're going to do next week for Lent when we turn away from sin, right? It seems to me that that's a theme for the, uh, for the gospel. All right, let's shift gears now. Uh, this is unbelievable, everybody. I remember one of the founders of this country saying that the American experiment will only be successful if America has a moral conscience. But here it is, under siege, retailers are fleeing the cities as unarmed security public authorities fail to curb the thieves. See, they're, they, they're not going to try and stop them with a, a violence. They're saying, well, you know, people come into a retail store, they clean it out, they call the police later, and they get away with all the stuff. So businesses have cited that their profit margins have gone way down because, you know, they're losing so much. I mean, think about it. A little retailer like Walmart or Target, they said a half a billion dollars in retails 
loss through theft just last year. And last year, Target closed nine stores in New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland, all for one reason, crime. Now, this is a trend common among retailers and small businesses that are forced to leave such areas. And I, I, I think it's so sad, but we can solve this problem. Obey the Ten Commandments. One of them says, thou shalt not steal. Now, more merchants are pulling out of the inner cities, right, as corporate offices order employees not to interfere with the thieves. <coughs> they have opted to absorb the loss rather than the risk of liability in violent confrontations. I've been to some of the stores, right, drug stores, where the whole shelf has been cleaned out. And I asked the person, what's going on? Why aren't you restocking? Oh, last night they came in and they cleaned us out. They just, you know, had bags and they just put all this stuff into a bag and ran out on us. Wow, that's right in my own city. Now, as a result, 37.1% of the retailers increase the size of their loss prevention. They're trying to say, well, do we need more people, security guards? But that's not working. The New York City proposal makes business owners hire more unarmed security people. Well, the problem is they, they, they know those guys aren't going to do anything, so they go in and they, California, a little under $1,000, $950, go steal it. It's just a little ticket, but they get away with it. I've been at the grocery store many times where I'm in line and I see a gentleman just with a, you know, a grocery store, a, a cart full of food, and he just walks right out. And nobody says a word. Now, in California, our illustrious governor said that the state of California lost $8.72 billion in retail theft. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine what that does to retail store? Why do you think we're paying more money for those shoes, <clears throat> for the groceries? Because we're, de we're dealing with it. Now, California spent $267 million in law enforcement agencies in October to try and fight the crime. It's not working. So the increase in crime impacts everyone, he said. Employees don't want jobs where they can get hurt or sued. Yeah, we don't want to go into those war zones. Businesses are wanting to serve and operate in communities, but the risk is outweighing the benefits. This is what we're up against, not only in California, but in other states. And again, I mentioned this the other day, and this is shocking. When I had Father Spitzer on, I said that 110 million Americans have sexually transmitted diseases, so they're they're living sexual, you know, uh, evils where they're just out of control. And out of those 110 million, it's like one out of, what, three or four people walking around have this problem. The government, through medical expenses, is spending $16 billion a year for medicines to take care of these people. When, again, my solution is live the Catholic faith, the commandments. 
The sixth and ninth commandment, if we would obey the sixth and ninth commandment, we wouldn't have to spend, you know, $16 billion for people who have STD, sexually transmitted diseases. So I really believe that when the Catholic faith is lived out in our country, the economic benefits are amazing, not just the benefits of that next life, living a holy life, but it is unbelievable that we are dealing with this today. So let's pray that we have some common sense and say, wait a minute, let's get back to those basic commandments that Christianity has taught for 2,000 years, thou shall not steal. All right, I want to shift gears if I can. Oh, got it. The segment's going to be ended. When we come back, I want to talk about this Catholic bishop in the Holy Land. And he gives us a eyes, a view of what's going on in the Holy Land and how devastating it is to followers of Christ in the Holy Land. And we need to pray for peace there, especially in the Holy Land where our Lord walked 2,000 years ago. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back indeed. Jesse will be back tomorrow. I've got my guardian angel with me. This segment is being brought to you by the Catholic Resource Center. Go to catholicrc.org and explore the entire library filled with inspiring products, classic teachings of the Catholic faith, uh, the entire catalog is free for those who download and just give us $25 a month and you get hundreds of dollars worth of product every single month. And what this is, is recordings I had done back in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, and 2000s with Scott Hahn, Bishop Sheen, Father Bill, McKay, uh, Father Bill Casey, uh, Tim Staples, just some great family conference recordings. They're all there for you. And we're right now, we lost several of our monthly donors this past month uh, due to lose, loss of jobs. And so we'd like to see if some people would fill in those boots because if you just give us $25 a month, you can go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151 or you can call me even at 661 nine seven two seven eight seven two and become a monthly donor twenty five dollars a month so we can pick up our our losses because we do have those monthly bills that come in. So keep keep that in mind. Go to CatholicRC.org to do that. All right, I want to shift gears now. We know Our Lady of Fatima said that uh, war is a punishment for sin. And we know that Our Lady talked back in 1917, about sins of the flesh. Our souls are going to hell because of sins of the flesh, sixth and ninth commandment. And, you know, with we didn't even have, we didn't have uh, the internet for pornography back in 1917. So you can imagine that we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus right now 
and pray the implementing of the Fatima plan of praying the rosary for world peace. But this is an exclusive interview with the bishop that he's pointing out how devastating the war in Gaza has been for the Holy Land Christians. And, I mean, the stories that are in this article are so sad to read, but um, it's just... It's devastating to see what what's going on, and this particular bishop, he's seventy three years old. He's describing uh, his flock being killed in this war, and it's just been devastating. And he has one story after another, where someone's killed by a sniper, or you know, two women at a parish and they're being shot at. Uh, it's just really, really sad, the violence that's taking place in the Middle East. And we need to pray for world peace because it's getting out of control and we don't see where it's going to end. Um, so I would encourage everybody to pray for peace in the Holy Land. And also, don't forget, in Russia and the Ukraine and other hot spots of the world, this is the time where we need to get down on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament and intercede for world peace because we can see how this is getting way out of control. And as Catholics, we have the answer. We know what the answer is to war. It's Jesus, peace, Prince of Peace. So I would encourage all of us to keep that in mind um, and I know that I've quoted this quote for many years because Bishop Sheen talks about who's going to save the church. He says it's the lay people. And how are we going to save the church? Well, we call on our priests and our bishops and cardinals and the Pope and to live holy lives and lead us to Jesus Christ. And the lay people's prayers, thousands of us on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament praying for our leaders in our church. Because Bishop Robert Barron always said this, and I thought it was so appropriate. He said, it is a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. Well, we know right now how many of our leaders in our church are trying to lower the bar of the teachings of Christ and try to explain things away that, oh, it's not that bad, sins of the flesh, stop talking about it. It's just, you know, you're making a bigger deal than it is. Well, I have to say this, as a layman, for the last 43 years of being an apostolic work, I think one of the biggest challenges has been for me is leaders in our church where their fires have gone out. And they're more interested in recycling plastic bottles than converting souls to Christ for all eternity and getting souls to heaven. It It's a scandal for me because their job 
as leaders in the church is to confirm us in our faith and to help us get to heaven because our canon law, the last canon of the law, says this. The church is here for one purpose, to help people get to heaven. That's it. And remember, Fulton Sheen said it well. If souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls are not saved, nothing is saved. And so it seems to me, and I bring this up to you, that if I was a, a non-Catholic and I was looking for truth, you know, about the meaning and purpose of life, as Bishop Sheen said, I would look for a church that the world hates. I would look for the church that's not in conformity with the worldly teachings of morality. And I think Bishop Sheen nailed it. That's why we have to go back. And I, I will mention that the saints have said this about hell. This is another thing that we need to bring back to our church, an understanding that souls can go to hell. Because when you give this impression that nobody goes to hell, then why even preach the gospel? Everybody's going to go there. Why live it? It's like a slam dunk. No. Remember, the saints never deny hell. They fear it. Unrepentant sinners never fear hell. They deny it. And so, I know this sounds like a hard thing to have to say, but it's the truth. Hell is real, and souls go there, and they don't go there because God sends them there. <clears throat> they go there because they've made that decision to reject God. And for those people who don't think there are people in this world who could reject God, then they don't have a world, a biblical worldview. Because the Bible is very clear about the road to hell. It's wide. And how many billions of people do you have? Eight billion people? Can you imagine how many people are really love, living a life that's centered on God? How many? And you think just because, you know, they're a nice guy, they're going to go to hell, they're going to go to heaven for all eternity when they've been living. Let's give an example. People who steal, who commit adultery, fornication, same-sex uh, unions where they got 200 partners in their lifetime and on their judgment seat, you're going to tell them, it's okay, Frank, don't worry about it. You're going to heaven. That's abuse. That's because you're not telling the truth. St. Thomas Aquinas says, to will the good of the other is the way that you love someone. So I really question if people love someone if they don't tell them the truth about the gospel. And that's where we're at right now, folks. And that's why at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, our whole purpose is to encourage people to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ so that they can get to heaven. And our purpose is helping them understand Our Lady's role in bringing her children to her son. That's why we keep promoting devotion to the Blessed Mother, because we know devotion to Mary brings us to Jesus Christ, true devotion. And so I would thank you, our listeners, 
who have been supporting us for five years at here at Virgin Most Powerful, because a lot of people don't want to hear this. And you know what I'm talking about. Turn the dial. Those guys are making me feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm not going to change, Jesse. We're not going to change. We're going to preach Christ and him crucified in season and out. Why? Because it's the truth. Now, if that means over the years we get taken out, which we have stories of radio stations that say, you know, we can't have you guys. You guys are too strong. You're too, you're, you're not, you're not, you got to tone it down. You're like cowboys out west. Catholic cowboys out west. Well, <clears throat> I think that's who we are. We love people with the truth, with charity and clarity. And again, Bishop Robert Barron said it well. It's a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. In other words, ambiguity. We've had a lot of ambiguity in the Catholic Church the last 11 years, let's be honest. And that needs to stop because Jesus Christ was not ambiguous about what he taught. And for us to take his teaching and water it down, God have mercy on us. We have to have that world biblical view. I like when Bishop Strickland would always say, we have to become first century Christians again. How do we do that? By saying, Jesus, I trust in you. Wow. I hear the music. That means we're done for this. I can't believe how fast that goes. I want to thank all of you, our listeners, who pay attention to Virgin Most Powerful Radio and that it fed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for allowing us to have this microphone and to be able to proclaim it in season and out. And may God richly bless you and your family. And I will say this, if you want to become a monthly donor, go to vmpr.org, sign up for $25 a month. We need you right now. You can call me on my cell phone even. I'll help I'll help get that 661-972-7872. And I want to thank you from my bottom of my heart, even before you do it. May God richly bless you and your family. And Jesse will be back with me tomorrow here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Pray for us. God love you.